Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. So let's go to Clark uh, in Calgary. Hey, Clark. Say, I just want to say outright that I think it's very disingenuous of our prime minister to come out with, you know, you know, some forward uh, comments on, on what was really anarchism when he couldn't even uh, resolve the situation with the coastal gas link trail uh, railway blockades that cost our economy tens of billions of dollars back last February. Okay. And, and secondly, I wonder why we always have to listen to Trudeau when why wasn't Mi- Minister Gilbeau, or Gilbeau, excuse me for that, you know, uh, speaking on speaking on this matter in the past we used to hear from our ministers yeah well that would that's just i mean that would be internal optics and politics i suppose that would be the answer to that question i mean i would ask the same thing sure i mean he certainly likes the limelight but i don't understand the connection clark i don't understand the connection between um the the railway and so just to be clear this was a defund the police protest that tore down the statue of the first prime minister uh, the Dominion of Canada, the $10 bill guy, and tore it down. Now, don't get me wrong. His past with Aboriginal people is terrible. And the plaque that's there, uh, the history needs to make sure it respects all of the things he did, including the Frog Massacre. There's no denying that. But this is a statue of a prime minister that was torn down at a defund the police rally that has nothing to do with any of that. So what's the connection? Well, I think the connection is as a citizen, you know, um, call a spade a spade if it walks talks and squawks like a duck at the duck. This is anarchism. And, our, and, and my comment was that our prime minister is being disingenuous, thinking that he's, you know, s- spoken out on, on, on this small but very significant act of anarchism while he couldn't do anything when the r- railways were being blocked and it was costing our economy tens of billions of dollars a day. Yeah, and that's okay. and my whole but point I just, is I... disingenuous. He's a disingenuous man to take the oh. limelight now. I don't. Uh, I can't disagree with you there, Clark. That's for sure. I think that you can't find a leader that we've had that is more disingenuous than that guy. I still don't know if I get it. I'm trying to hear it. I don't know if I get it. Um, the connection between the two, but the disingenuous part. I think you prove that point when you say, "Well, where's the minister uh, the, of history that that should be, you know, in of this heritage, conversation too?" Heritage, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, Minister of Heritage. Thanks so much. Thanks, Clark. Appreciate your phone call. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Your calls, your texts are welcome here in the program. On Charles Adler earlier last night, there was uh, more conversation from Warren Kinsella, who's a lawyer and a father to an Indigenous child, was asked the same question that Charles did ask Rachel Ann Snow, which was if he endorsed the toppling of the statue. Warren, uh, do you endorse the toppling of the statue in Montreal? I'm not losing any sleep over it. That's the end of the clip. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much to the point. All right. Um, there's two clips there. I thought it was the longer one. That's fine. The... Um, this is here's the thing for me, and you can tell me your thoughts. I know that you're going to send your text messages and calls because I want to hear them. One topic at a time, people. This is a defund the police rally. That's one topic. This statue has been vandalized again and again and again and again and again. And now it's the conversation about the statue. It's not even about defund the police. So I don't understand why we as Canadians get sucked into this. This is what's happening is that everybody's bitching 
I mean, personal opinion only, he was the first real leader of the Dominion, right? He was a big part of Confederation. He didn't do nice things to people. The Frog Massacre is a nasty, nasty story. That needs to be included in history. But for everybody who says that you can't erase history and pretend that he didn't do those things, you also can't erase history and pretend the fact that he wasn't the first guy who tried to put Canada together. The reality is, is that's what happened. Now, should that statue be out in public and should it be out in the middle of the, 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 the concourse to be celebrated that way or outside in Victoria? Well, maybe not. Maybe it's time to move it into the museum. But there are suggestions from articles tonight that that statue should be left vandalized because we can't erase history. This isn't erasing history from this weekend, you ding dong. It's not. It's a bunch of hooligans who were at a defund the police rally who vandalized a statue. If you ever wanted to disrespect anybody more, you just disrespected everybody and you disrespected your own cause. Look, the things that that man did cannot be forgotten. They can't. And to the texture says, yeah, the statue uh, should go back up, but the plaque should be expanded to show the good as well as the bad. Absolutely. History cannot forget the terrible things that some of these people did. And maybe we shouldn't be celebrating all of these people in public that way. But history cannot erase everything. The reality is, is back then, that's the way times were. I'm not saying it's okay, but that's the story. So if we're going to get into the story, we have to get into the story. 877-399-9898. Your calls and your texts are welcome here on the program. While we've got uh, we've got Ray. Ray is an octopus right now trying to get your calls. Uh, we're going to continue this. Chris, so I know for you, you're, you're a smart man. I mean, in this particular cool. case, this has gone okay. from one topic to another topic to another topic. You know, does the statue stay up hmm. or go down? Hmm. You want to know what I think? Yes, sir. I think that, okay, I think two things. I think when there's uh, energy uh, to be spent in some kind of uh, social movement, uh, it doesn't always have a direction. Sometimes it's like, um, I've heard the analogy used like putty in your hands or Play-Doh in your hand, your hands and you squeeze it mm. and some Pack might squirt out of a too. finger. You don't know. Well, you don't, you don't know which way the energy is going to squirt sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes it is uh, Guy Fawkes trying to blow up Parliament. Other times it's a bunch of shenanigans trying to topple a statue. Mm -hmm. um, for myself, I'm kind of the wrong person to ask about this, I think, because first of all, it's not my country, mm -hmm. but for what it's worth, um, I don't really care about statues. I don't really believe in patriotism and i don't really believe in symbolism so mm. i for me i see a, a, a statue comes down i don't really care either way i'm just like oh okay uh, yeah. why do we <laughs> so what <laughs> well yeah that's um, a good point well so yeah, it's a good point i yeah, didn't think of it that yeah. way no that's good i appreciate that 877-399-9898 let's go to gene who is in nanton hey gene hello hi there i uh think that Whatever was done in the past was done to what they thought was the best of their ability and good for the country, and tearing things down or renaming does not change the fact that that's what happened, whether it was 
in the long run, good or not, I think probably his intentions were good enough. Yeah. Well, in his eyes, they probably were. That's for sure. He was trying to build a country. Thanks, Gene, for the phone call. I appreciate your input. 877-399-9898. The reality is the things that some of the things that that guy did. um, But if we're going to go back in history at a time where there was, you know, slaves and all of these, uh, you know, uh, indigenous folks are getting pushed or colonialized and all these things. That's all the things that were happening. All those things need to be recalled in history. They cannot be flushed away. That's the mistake that's happening is when some of those things kind of get swept under the rug. They need to be there. But I don't understand how we can also just disassemble. We have to take, we have to, you know, take piece of it. We have to be with it. We have to get it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not from a family that has to look at that statue and realize that affects directly my bloodline. So I also understand the fact that I don't really get too much of a say in the matter. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. When COVID started, this shift has always been Sunday to Thursday, which technically in Toronto, this from most of Canada, in Toronto, it's just Monday to Friday because we start at 1 a.m. in uh, the Eastern time zone. So really, it's kind of been a Monday to Friday show, sort of a Tuesday, a Sunday to Thursday show. So there was this thing on Friday that the different markets did. And uh, most of those markets now have picked up the Friday show. And there's a new host uh, for that. His name is John Jang. And uh, John, can you, uh, can you, you got that thing working? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Hey. Wonderful. Hello. Well, welcome. Uh, welcome. This is your first, uh, this is your first foray into the studio, which is ironic because I've done <laughs> this show for like 14 or 15 months now and I've never done the show from that studio. Right. I mean, I've been in there. But I've never actually done the show from that studio, which is kind of ironic. Uh, so tell us who you are. Uh, everybody's listening now. John Jang, uh, where are you from? What do you do? And uh, why the hell did you come here? <laughs> That's a good question. I um, I just celebrated my 30th birthday a couple of weeks ago. So that was on the 21st. So I'm just uh, wow. entering the prime years of my life, right? That's that's that what, what I've been is? told. Yeah, that's what I've been nope. told. <laughs> you know, I've been told that also I'll just wake up with random body pains. And that's already happening. My hip is flaring yeah. up for whatever reason. So uh, <laughs> apart from that, uh, I was born in Seoul, South Korea. My family came here to Canada uh, spring of 94. So I wasn't even four years old just yet. Um, we moved to Port Moody in Br- beautiful British Columbia and uh, pretty much kind of grew up all around the lower mainland uh, in the greater Vancouver area. So I've lived in almost every major suburb of greater Vancouver, except Richmond and Coquitlam and Port Coquitlam. But apart from that, pretty much everywhere else, that's Burnaby. Pretty much almost everywhere, except for not most places. Hey, so can you still, can you still speak Korean then? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very conversational. So I, I, um, I I don't know how to read or write Korean, but uh, when it comes to speaking with somebody, yeah, I can make my way through a conversation. Okay, so uh, say something in Korean for us. Like, what, what would you say? Like, hi, uh, hello, Canada, or you're listening to the shift, or I don't know. Like, what would you? Um, I, just, I, I love other languages. So sure. I, uh, I mean, I, I can try something here. I can say, uh, 안녕하세요. 제 이름은 장재현입니다. Uh, 지금 여기에 shift를, shift, shift를 uh, 일, 일하고 있고 어, 너무 재밌어요. So what I just said was, hello, so good. my name is John. Um, I'm now working here at the shift, and it's a lot of fun. Oh, see, I love it. I love other languages, man. That's the best part. That's the best part. Of I'm not all sure. This. I'm not sure I've ever had to speak that much Korean on the radio here in Canada before. So ever? that's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. You know, Chris, uh, Sir Christopher, he uh, he speaks Canadian as a second language, so it really all fits. <laughs> He's doing a great job. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. Oh, that's fun. That's good. So the Friday night program, uh, this Friday, are you going to be doing the show this Friday? No, not this Friday, but I will be uh, on the airwaves soon as uh, next Friday night rolls around. 
All right. And for everyone in Vancouver and CKNW, you're working as a contributor on the Midday Show? Correct. Yeah, I'm on both the Mike Smith Show and the Jill Bennett Shows, and I've been there for the past couple of weeks. So if you've heard me, uh, I apologize, but you're going to be hearing a lot more of me. So get used Wonderful. to it. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There it is. John Chang, everybody. Welcome right. to the program. And we're going to uh, so we're gonna have, uh, he's going to side saddle here in the sidecar uh, through the entire week this week. So you're going to hear uh, bits and pieces of John throughout the week, and he'll be contributing to the program as he sort of gets a, a handle on on all of the things and and was on a phone call with chris and i earlier today and uh was looking forward to finding out our methods and our procedures to which chris and i just kind of laughed <laughs> that's fun that's cute you think we have a plan <laughs> um so anyway um yeah welcome to the show buddy it's great thank you. you yeah thank you. appreciate yeah. it yeah, yeah. And a big sports background too. Are you going to bring some of that to uh, to, to to some of the program stuff? Because you are a bit of a sports geek. Right? Yeah, for sure. My last uh, stop in radio was at a sports station, so I definitely have a lot of passion for sports. If anybody wants to talk that, uh, you know, talk hockey, talk football, baseball, soccer, you name it, let's go. I am happy to have some hot takes when it comes to sports. And uh, yeah, if you're a Canucks fan and you grew up here and you listened to, to me back in that uh, the sports radio days, you already know. I've already got so many hot takes ready to go. Cool. Who's going to win Stanley Cup? <laughs> Uh, it's going to be Tampa. Yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of a safe bet right now, right? Like, what are the odds? I've been saying like, that for three nine? years, though, so, I mean, who knows? But yeah. I feel and pretty good year, about it. how did that play out? Yeah. Uh, not so great. Not, not so, great. so great. Yeah, Columbus. All right. Yeah. yeah. Her. Grr. Mm. All right, so there we go. Um, there's John Jang. Let's get ourselves into the Are You Okay? Shall we, Ray? All right. There was a story that came out about a bear. And everybody loves bears. Have you seen? I know I'm going off on a tangent. Work with me here, uh, Ray. Um, have you seen the pictures where people they do like the selfies with the bears, the wildlife, and they're they're on the side of the road, and the bears wandering out of the trees or foraging for berries, and then the people are on the side of the road, and they're the tourists or whatever, and they're like taking their pictures and they're smiling. Hashtag blessed. Look at me, it's wildlife. And then um, and if you know, one day someone just one of the bears is gonna rah. Just, just to eat you and it's gonna happen and um anyway this is this this is the story let's go back to the bed again there now are you okay are you okay with a bear being the tourist and coming to see the human are you okay with that depends on the what do you bear. think chris well i agree with ray what was it was that right depends on the bear depends on the bear if it's a full-on like 800 pound grizzly you know hard pass because you feel you could yep. take a smaller one? Is that what it is? Uh, baby black bear, probably. <laughs> you know they have, it doesn't matter. They all have big teeth and claws. Right? Like, they're pretty tough. Their gap, oh. their mouth. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. All right, John, what do you think? Uh, are you okay with uh, bears coming up and being the tourists saying hi? Um, I'm not okay with it. No. Right. Uh, nature scares me, terrifies me. I'm not going right. to test my luck There's against a that. There's order. Yeah. And we, if we didn't have weapons, we are not at the top of that pecking order. Not even a little bit. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. No area residents are calling on conservation officers to spare the bear that was seen on video in a close encounter with a runner that walked up to her and tapped her. This is Julia Foy. And that's very unusual bear behavior. BC conservation officers have posted signs and shut down access to upper trails of the Coquitlam Crunch after one hiker recorded a bear's encounter with a young woman Friday morning. A lady was jogging or doing the crunch and a black bear came out and made contact. Lord says it's concerning that after the bear swiped the woman's leg, it approached her a second time. I'm looking at that video. We can only expect that a bear has been habituated by humans, getting into human foods or rewards. It's very possible that 
that bear's been fed in the past. The Coquitlam Crunch is a popular hiking trail which draws hundreds of people who want a workout with a view, but not with a close-up of a bear. I think there's more people using the trail, so it's, it's likely that it's going to be more, more of these encounters with bears, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm glad it wasn't me, though. <laughs> I saw another similar video like that just a little while ago in Coquitlam as well, where there was three hikers on a trail and then the bear came up and kept uh, touching the one. You don't need people getting mauled by bears. In July, a 10-year-old girl was bitten on the leg by a black bear as she walked with her family on the Lynn Valley Trail in North Vancouver. Conservation staff say these types of interactions are still extremely rare, but they can't take any chances with public safety. We closed down the part of the crunch just for public safety. We did set a trap. We're, gonna, we're trying to um, catch the offending animal. Uh, and then we'll, re we'll assess the animal from there, um, if it's suitable for re relocation or not. Officials say if you encounter a bear, to speak slowly and back away, and try and make yourself as big as you can. Carrying bear bells and bear spray can help too. It's their territory and we're here after them, <laughs> yeah. So, it's you've got to be careful. Julia Foy, Global News. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to bait the bear just send things send the jogger back in bear will show up <laughs> okay go back go for more we want to catch the bear you can be the bait why not man that, that would be scary kind of happened to me once i was um i was driving to penticton from bc and i was almost at penticton and i was in the area where like it gets kind of deserty it becomes mm -hmm. more arid and there's mm -hmm. a sign that said uh wildlife attraction or like viewing area and i was like I, I want to see some wildlife and i wasn't expecting to but we pulled over and we got out of the car and we're just looking around like hoping to see a goat or something and my partner sees something black tumble out of a tree and it's like maybe about 10 meters away from us and uh it starts running up the bank towards us and it's a baby black bear oh um which is of course adorable um so i swiftly went back to the car and got the bear spray so I could mace that baby black bear right in the face. <laughs> did you? Did you? Yeah, I want to know. Of course I did not. Of course I did not. That was just so, um, just in case Mummy Bear came along as well. But uh, no, yeah, like a baby bear came right up to us and I was like, hey, baby bear, like, where's your mom? Like, where's your you mom? Go, go back did to you mom. speak slowly <laughs> like they recommended? Because you're supposed to speak slowly to mm -hmm. them. Apparently they understand that. No, I'm trying to raise high IQ bears, so I only speak quickly to them to make them more intelligent. <laughs> That's very good. If you train them, they're just going to be that much smarter in hunting you down. You know that, right? Well, I don't want to raise a stupid, dumb bear, you know, like some kind of forest gump. Is Planet of the Apes not here. a warning for you? You know? I never saw it because I don't like monkeys. Fair enough. <laughs> That's all other story. Don't talk about monkeys. La, 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 no, la. monkeys, please. Yeah. <laughs> 877-399-9898. Your calls and your text message are coming in. Uh, I love chunky bears. Uh, LOL, peanut butter forever. Oh, that's cute. Um, all right, so uh, people are contributing more to John than they are the bears, so we'll do that. Welcome to the madhouse, John, but then we're all <laughs> a little mad here, says one texter. Another love texter it. says, uh, uh, Shane, please do your imitation of your son again. <laughs> John, get ready to break the rules, man. I love it, um, yeah. Th this is how much faith, yeah. Chris, that everyone has in us. Uh, there's another texter says, what methods so. and procedures? I thought chaos was the order of the day with the ship. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if that's the oh, case, dear. we're going to have a really good time on Friday nights. That's yeah. amazing. Um, I'm Keep so not okay with wildlife selfies as they promote exactly that, the bears coming to uh, the humans. Uh, that's crazy. That poor uh, jogger lady. Man, that must have been scary because you're just running along and you can't run away. Yeah. And it said it took a swipe at her. The other articles I heard said it tapped her on the leg. So no, it, I've seen the, it lightly tapped her on the leg. But the thing is, though, that she then proceeded to run away from it with her back well, to the do. bear. As well, no, that's what you're exactly meant, not, not meant to do. Like, you're not meant to have your back to the bear. You're not meant to run because then the bear might, you know, charge you down and kill you. You know, like, well, yeah. we're told exactly as you heard, you know, talk slowly, walk away backwards very slowly. But in the heat of the moment, I can understand. Like, first of all, you're already jogging. And if, if a bear hits you in the leg, <laughs> yeah, you're just, yeah, you're just going <laughs> to run, man. You're That's what you've been doing. B. You're on plan Z. <laughs> I love that. You like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's already jogging, so why stop now? Just keep jogging. Why stop now? <laughs> right. I think, John, you're confusing you're confusing the uh, the two different scenarios. There's one scenario where you're by yourself where you're supposed to, you know, protect yourself and, and or be big and loud and if they come then you protect yourself. The other scenario is if you're with a friend and you don't have to outrun the bear, you just have to outrun your friend. <laughs> not to be forgotten. That's right. it. That's it. That's it. That's Move it. along. Yeah. All right. Um, eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Hello, not Eric. Welcome to the show. Hey, wow, I appreciate that one. Yeah, I, there was a there was a thing, John, a while ago where um, I was doing the show for a, a bunch of time. Then Eric stepped in, and then I came back, and someone had uh, called me Eric, and I was like, nope, not Eric. And then that name has stuck for some. Oh, right, listeners. okay, okay. And they now call me not Eric. So I, I, thought, was, I thought we I were just taking shots at Shane. Eric. What's that? Chris? Last week I was. All last week, I was calling him Shane. I was like, hey, Shane. Don't worry. Like, and, and when I went to email him, I was typing in your email addresses and stuff. It was, uh, it was all over the place. I missed you too, buddy. I missed you too. Yeah. All right. 877-399-9898. All right. Next on Are You Okay? Are you okay with playing Flight Simulator? Best game ever. Can we just agree on that, first of all? Mm. Are you okay with playing Flight Simulator? As a passenger, are you okay with playing Flight Simulator as a passenger? First class? What do you think? If it's first class, 100%. <laughs> hmm. Well, Flight Simulator is um, a game where you actually are the pilot of the airplane, and you get to fly it to wherever you darn well please. But would you want to be the passenger? I think, I think Ray has a point. I definitely feel like there's a market for... Um, you know, just like luxury goods, you know, like maybe just like staying in it. Well, like, no, if you play like Grand Theft Auto and stuff, then you're already staying in mansions and mm-hmm. and such. So, yeah, I, I think I would just like look at a screen and pretending that someone's going to bring me drinks for 12 hours. <laughs> but then they don't get the drinks. Uh, I can get my own drinks yeah. in real life. Yeah, I, I can get All my right. own drinks at the same time. It's fine. All right. Let's just uh, play the sound effects while we talk about the game a little bit here. So what, what could possibly you what could possibly you do here? That didn't even make sense. What could you possibly do here? That's a good uh, try. You know, if you're uh, right, you're, your you're on the plane, speaking. right? Like, We've is there is there snakes on this plane? <laughs> I think you can do crosswords. Um, you can look around. You? Somebody like the drunk guy in, in 4B. Have the baby crying. It has crying baby. Yeah. The baby does cry. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, there's in a the crying game. baby in the game. Yeah. There's a lineup so what for do the bathrooms. Yeah, well, you find you, the, the you... control control teat in order to turn on the air when you're sitting there because you're getting hot in your seat. 
Hmm. You fly. You go places. I'm just trying to figure out how that's a video game. That's not okay. See, I hate flying, so I can't get behind this. That's the ultimate of lazy video games is what that is. Not only am I not going to play the... This is the whole new level of next level lazy video games is, you know, first of all, Flight Simulator, you can put it on autopilot and let it fly itself to get there. So it's actually a video game where you can just turn on the autopilot and not have to play the video game. Second, now you can be the passenger when someone else puts it on autopilot and you don't even have to turn on the plane for this. This is amazing. Yeah. I feel like I have some like half-baked point about how like this is just a further step down the road into like our fascination with minutia. Is it minutia? Minutiae? Minutia. Minutia. Yeah, I got it right the first time. You know, like just kind of like the ASMR experience of just details. And rather than like, you know, enjoying a narrative or enjoying a, like, I don't be an old fart and be like, oh, reading a good book or whatever. But we're zooming in and zooming in and zooming in and zooming in on like just the most banal crap of our everyday lives. Um, but then, you know, there might be people who don't fly that much and they might want to just be like, hey, what's it like to sit in a small space with your knees in your ears for 12 hours? So See, that's interesting. It could also be that. That's interesting because I think most of us know what a, what a flight feels like as a passenger yeah. in economy. But maybe somebody who hasn't flown before wants to really go through that experience. I'm not sure if it's the most fascinating experience to want to try and go through. But I know, what, what I'm wondering here, though, is that is there like a multiplayer function to this where... Um, you know, like there's another player who's in like the seat next to you and you just get to know this person for a few hours, whether or not you socialize with them will be entirely dependent on your personality, right? Because if you're the kind of person to talk, great. If not, you know, just watch a movie. You have to avoid getting COVID on the flight or is there a hijacking attempt? One texter says maybe you have to foil a hijacking attempt. Maybe you get to confront the guy that's not wearing his mask over his nose too. He's trying to cheat and he's got the mask only up on his upper lip. And not over his nose, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I like your idea, John. And I like the idea that like, you have those awkward silences that last for about two or three hours. And then sure. like, maybe you're at your computer screen and you're falling asleep with the headphones on. And you just hear someone saying like, hey, hey, your food's <laughs> here. Hey, wake up. Hey, did you get the vegetarian? Did you get the chicken? Yeah, here's your food. <laughs> See, whenever I go on a flight now i always try to book the aisle seat because i don't want to have to step over people if i have to go to the bathroom and uh mm. i don't know maybe i have the bladder the size of like a you know a little Me peanut because i always have to pee and so it's become an issue so i just straight up try to avoid that so maybe in this multiplayer game it's a it's a test to see how long you can sit in the seat without having to pee and you can challenge yourself a- in real life by not going to the bathroom that could be a cool challenge as well of like stepping over people's legs without um Without touching them? them? Yeah. Yeah. Without waking them up. So that's like real life is what you're saying. Um, Yeah. Maybe like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) But no, I'm not okay with it. No. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. It is. It's crazy to think. I mean, can you imagine if in the video game all you did was you got on the plane and then you paid 
15 bucks for extra Wi-Fi on the plane by buying V-Bucks or something. And then you're on the plane, you're paying extra money just to have internet access on your computer on the plane so you can watch Netflix that you're already paying for. Mm -hmm. And then you log into your Netflix on the plane so you can watch Netflix while you fly. That's really it. That's the way the game goes. This is our lives today, folks. This is what society is creating for us. And you know what? Somebody's going to buy it. We love it. I'll try it out for free. (laughs) i'll try it out for free i'll I'll, I'll try the demo if they still make demos anymore i don't know if they do that this is the shift daily podcast Uh, sir christopher gilbert is here tonight um put together the program did a great job by the way thank you very much for that yeah yeah how's the new place you don't are you comfortable you look you look more comfortable you look more relaxed in your new apartment by the way i'm on a sofa that's probably why not at a disc that could be yeah yeah. I'm not I do miss, I do miss seeing your I, kitchen. I prefer the disc. Hmm. I liked your kitchen. The old view of Chris that I had on the Zoom call for the show uh, was over the shoulder in the kitchen. So sometimes there was some leftovers or something. It was nice to see. You know. Yeah, you can't snoop in my kitchen anymore. No, I can't. I can't see what you're baking with your big bag of flour. Oh, well. Fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bag of flour. Um. All right. Normally at this time of night, we dig into some stories. Uh, Chris kind of leads the way, but since we've got John Jang here and, uh, you know, he's anxious to, you know, chomping at the proverbial bit, if you will, um, I think we should get into In Case You Missed It. Let's go, Ray. In case you missed it on the radio, here's New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. Although I'm not Chris. I will happily use that intro. I'll just borrow it for now. All right. You guys know what was the best uh, Christmas gift back in the day, at least for me? The Guinness Book of World Records, right? Uh, Especially because you could make a tradition out of it. Uh, New year, new Guinness Book, uh, new world records to go through. And I love spending hours just diving into some of the really, really obscure records. Like most people know about the the big ones, the most hot dogs eaten in under a minute, uh, the longest fingernails grown out, uh, stuff like that. But what about something that's really, really specific? Well, late last week, somebody set a new world record for most license plates ripped in half with his bare hands, right? Like, when do you ever think about that? Uh, Even more impressive, he actually broke his own previous record, which was set back in 2018. And his name is Bill Clark, which is the most deceptive name because it's a very common name. You wouldn't think twice about him. Bill Clark. Anyone can be Bill Clark. But this Bill is a champion power lifter in Binghamton, New York. His forearms the size of tree trunks. And after he set this world record back in 2018, he didn't really want to do it again, uh, but he finally gave in when he realized that he could help raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So last Thursday, Bill rolled up his sleeves and he just started ripping. So the previous record was 23 license plates ripped. You're going to hear that in a second. But he smashed that record by tearing up 29 plates in under a minute this past Thursday night. So in case you're wondering what that all sounds like, well, here you go. Time. 40 seconds left. Thirty seconds. Twenty-five. Twenty. 
15, 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, done. All right, so that was back in the 2018 edition when he ripped up 23 license plates. I was trying to find the most recent one, unfortunately. It didn't have the the juicy license plate metallic ripping sound effect that really kind of worked out really well with this clip here, but... 29 license plates ripped in half. He was actually trying to get 30. The last one was like rubber banding on him, so he wasn't able to rip it. Like he was trying in that video. He was efforting. But the guy is able to rip out uh, license plates with his bare hands. Like who would think about something like that? Well, that's the question, right? That's where it starts. It's like the guy who ever thought that uh, cow's milk was a great thing to drink. Like the first person who went, (laughs) you know, I have an idea. I have an idea. I'm going to see if I can rip this. Right. With my bare hands. Like, how, wow. how How do you discover that? Like, Shane, let me ask you. Like, if I had to ask you to um, submit for the Guinness Book of World Records, what is, what is your thing? Like, do you even know to the extent that Bill Clark knew that he could rip license plates? What is my thing? Well, nope, I don't. Right? I, I, like, I, I'm not a big drinker, so I couldn't do, like, 100 shots. Oh my God. I like yeah. I couldn't do like none of that. Like I can't do three shots. Um so And I think that's fair for most of us, because most of us don't just go around like, oh, can I rip this in half? You know, oh, can I can I drink this? Can I you know, can I can I swallow this? Can I eat that? You know, we don't go around in life. So I don't know exactly like the the full backstory as to how uh, Mr. Bill Clark found out that he's just really good at ripping license plates. What other things would you rip in half though? I mean, like there's nothing else that you would like well, I know what like, else would you? you know, I don't. That's the, weird. There's some strong men and strong women too that uh, rip phone books, right? Like which I never understood. But you know, some people do that. <laughs> What's a phone book, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just lost the whole millennial audience with that one. But uh, yeah, so I mean, maybe maybe today tonight, if you're listening, um, you can ask yourself, you know, what is what is my version of Bill Clark? Ripping a license plate. Please don't go out and try and ripping license plates. I got to imagine that's pretty tough on your hands. Unless well, you're that's a power what I was going to say. I like I've got hands like a peach, man. I'd have to wear like some really tough gloves mm-hmm. so my hands didn't get sore. You know, because I mean, there's no there's no calluses on these hands. No, buddy. they're smooth. No, yeah, I'm right there with you. No calluses at <laughs> Ray, all. Ray is dying laughing at my hands. <laughs> oh, Ray on. looks like a strong guy. I got some calluses just from playing like video games though yeah oh, video exactly. game calluses yeah. oh those are yeah. serious calluses That's, those aren't real calluses that's the flight that's simulator yeah. passenger simulation holding calluses. the martini <laughs> another texture says uh by the way who discovered eggs has been good to eat good call yeah good yeah. point yeah or that any was, uh, chicken which one they eat first oh that's deep <laughs> that's deep that is deep that's not deep as hungry dude that's all I just hope he pulled the feathers off on the first try. Yeah, no doubt. That was uh, that that would have been an acquired taste. All right, moving on. Uh, over in Korea, 
I think most of us know by now when COVID-19 really started getting serious here in North America, a lot of people looked at how South Korea was successful in flattening the curve in their country. Uh, But that's really not the case these days. Their numbers have jumped a lot in recent weeks, so much so that the government, uh, they've issued an actual lockdown and closing of businesses again. Coffee shops are huge in South Korea. They've mandatorily, uh, sorry, they've closed them by law. Mandatory mask order have been issued for public transit. Well, In South Korea, a viral video now surfacing about a violent confrontation on a Seoul subway train when a pair of men who refused to wear masks got into a fist fight with others on the subway who were demanding that they put on masks. One of the unmasked men took off his sandal and began smacking another man across the face with the sandal. The sounds you hear at the beginning, it's the sound of that exact face getting slapped. All right, the video is much, much longer, but it's mostly full of Korean swear words and angry shouting. And Ray and I, uh, earlier this evening, we couldn't really figure out if if I'm supposed to censor Korean swear words on Canadian radio. So we just decided, okay, we're just going to skip that part. It's mostly just yelling, swearing, and cursing, and shouting, and grunting. Uh, it's clear that even in Korea, a country that was you know, previously looked at as an example of how governments can properly flatten the curve. They are now facing its own struggles as citizens try and comply with the new rules. But how about that audio, hey? Like, just the sound of that firm <laughs> smack. Yeah. I think... I think the best part about that, and, and feel free to look up this video on your own accord. It is worth a watch. The guy who gets slapped just takes it. Like, he... It doesn't even phase him. And, and you know, I, I he just looks at the guy with the sandal with just this bewildered look, but he just accepts both smacks to the face, doesn't even get up. Well, that's uh, that would be one of those times where if you call them sandals or thongs, I suppose, <laughs> depending on your generation. Absolutely. I mean, getting uh, smacked with a thong. I, I, look, I know not everyone is, is all happy about the uh, the mask rules here across Canada. Certainly, we have seen and, and heard news reports of uh, people getting confrontational regarding the mask rules. And, 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 you know, now more stores are introducing these policies about uh, wearing masks and mandatory if you want to come inside and have their business. But I don't think I have yet to see in Canada somebody getting smacked across the face with a sandal. And, well, that um, happened at George Bush when he was in, I think he was in a, Iraq and someone, a reporter took off their shoe and threw it at him. Right. Press conference. I remember that. That's, that seems like cumbersome violence. Like that seems like inefficient, violent action. Mm-hmm. If you have to bend over and take off your shoe, like you're telegraphing the move. Like, I don't think you should telegraph the move that bad. I mean, if you really wanted to get into it, you bring a third, bring a third thong. <laughs> <laughs> and, Always carry three. And, and then, then you've got your third sandal there for the, for the sneak attack. With the slap, (laughs) right? Like you can't, you can't telegraph that kind of move by bending over and then you're risking hookworm in public. Oh man. On the foot. Like we need to be more responsible. I'm just imagining you, Shane, like being like, Hey, look over there. And then the guy looks and then you just smack him across the face with your sandal thong. Yeah. Yeah. With my sandal thong. (laughs) Sneak attack. (laughs) Oh, that would ruin my day. If somebody just smacked me across the face with a sandal, like just for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. John, in general, if someone smacks you across the face, just in general, any day, I think it ruins most people's day. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that one. I'd have to agree with that one. There's no real good reason to get slapped across the face. Fair. No. All right. 
Over in Taiwan, uh, what was supposed to be a family-friendly and heartwarming event uh, turned into a nightmare for a three-year-old girl at the Sinchu International Kite Festival, where hundreds of people come together to fly their kites during rough winds. Three-year-old Lin unfortunately got tangled up with some kite strings, and she was thrown up 30 feet into the air. And even worse... The kite strings had tangled around her neck, so she was choking as she was twisting and turning in the wind. Now, thankfully, uh, the winds shifted less than a minute later, and the crowds were able to pull her back to the ground. Three-year-old Lynn suffered abrasions to her face and neck, but otherwise unharmed, thank goodness. Now, just for perspective, winds in that area can reach speeds up to 38 miles per hour. So, uh, very easily able to pull her up. You can hear how rough those winds are in this clip. So that was two clips, but I think you get the idea. The wind just blowing and gusting. You can hear it in the audio there. I mean, look, guys, when I think of good outdoor events um, on the list of things that are threatening my health or has the potential to be a hazard, kites pretty much near the bottom of that list. Pretty much. You don't have kids, though, right? No, I do not. All right. So once you have kids, there are times when you will sometimes just be like, here, son, hold this. And just, <laughs> just enough to scare them, of course, because a good dad only wants to put the fright in them. Mm. Uh, and then they start to fly away a little bit. Oh, <laughs> In this case, I can make, make the joke a little bit because like what, a couple too many balloons, maybe. Sure. You know, you know, kind of like up. Yeah. The movie. Just enough to just just be like, OK, and then dad saves the day. I got you. Don't worry about it. Now. Now you'll listen to dad. Classic dad maneuver. Glad the kid was okay. Yeah, she was fine. And and the reason why she was near this specific kite is because uh, it was like a candy slash children's themed kite. So it had a bunch of things attached to the string, which was like a kid lure, basically. And unfortunately, uh, before the person flying the kite realized it, uh, poor Lynn had her, you know, her whole head and neck wrapped around in the string and then off she went. It's a very startling video because if you're just kind of scrolling through twitter or instagram or whatever it might be uh you just come across this video you just see this child flying through the air and at first you don't really understand what's going on until you maybe read the description a little bit but uh thankfully yeah as mentioned she is okay except for the abrasions uh needless to say though probably traumatized and never going anywhere near kites for the rest of her life i would say that's fair to say the video is uh, is incredibly scary. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I did come across that video, and free is a big orangey yellow kite, just kind of flapping in the wind. Yeah, a kid flying behind it. Um, do we have time for one more? If we can do it quick here, John, we can do this last one. Sure, I'll do a quick one here. Uh, I, I think it's really cool uh, when people find message messages in a bottle. I haven't had the chance to find one just yet, but there is something really interesting that happened in Milton, Delaware. A kayaker discovered a message in a bottle and was able to reunite it to the same woman who wrote the message 35 years earlier. He brought the letter to the Milton Historical Society. They were able to track down that woman and put the two in touch. Like something out of a movie, a message in a bottle floating around for decades is finally found and returned to its owner. 
All right, here's what happened. Kathy Riddle and her friend put a letter in a bottle and threw it into the waters of Prime Hook Beach in Milton, Delaware. Fast forward to 35 years later and only about 10 miles away, a kayaker found the bottle in the Broadkill River. The note said, please write back when you receive this and tell us about yourself. It didn't travel very far, but perhaps it traveled the world and came back. As kayakers, we try to pick up trash out, out of the water when we can. Wow, the note was found just days after Tropical Storm Isaias hit the area, and it may have sent the bottle back near the shore. Very Amazing. cool story there. Yeah. Really neat story, but uh, you got to ask yourself, if you were the one that wrote the note 35 years prior, and you realize that it maybe just kind of traveled 10 kilometers, and you've been yeah. waiting this whole time, like, wouldn't that Bummer. be a little, yeah, like, kind of disappointing? Totally. Bomber. Like, wow. Although I would go put like signed Gilligan and throw them in the water. <laughs> See, that would have been a good marketing campaign back right. then. We didn't market like that when that TV show was on. Throw a bunch of messages in a bottle and say it's Gilligan and the professor. I love that. Help us. Yeah. See, good yeah. marketing. Yeah. Shameless. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.